The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and I'm gradually getting more and more air. It's exciting to everyone. Uh, thrilled to be here with you this morning. Really thrilled to be here with you because we're talking about a topic that I really love, and I think that this is really important. We're going to be talking about 10 ways to create more success in summer, and I'm going to give you a hint. There's really 11 because uh, I gave you a bonus one. Because this is a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. If you watch this show, you know that I formerly was an educator, I was a college professor, and I also taught uh, junior high and high school for a hot minute. And, um, and then I had a, a son who was diagnosed on the spectrum, and it became clear to me that if my son was going to get caught up, because when he was diagnosed, he was behind, then we were going to have to use every available minute to get him caught up. And I'll tell you something, the summer is an available minute. When other kids maybe are falling behind, I don't agree with that, wish that wasn't the case as a former educator, but it's a fact that a lot of, so much uh, is happening now in the summer that puts kids behind that they take the first part of the year and reteach the last of the stuff that they did the year before. This is not educationally my favorite idea, but since it is what it is, we, as parents of individuals who are on the spectrum, can take advantage of it and jumpstart our kids to get further. So I love talking about this. I really think that there are good tips in here that will help you guys to get more out of this summer. And it's time to talk about it. We're even just a smidge late because uh, this weekend is going to be Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. And it's time to be making the plans for summer because you know what they say. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And none of us are failing, right? That's not happening. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But welcome. I'm glad that you guys are here. The chat is open. I see Autism Journey with Elijah says, good morning, Shannon. If it's okay, I will email you after the show. Yes, I would love to. Email me right after the show. And she's glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here too. And uh, I'm glad that all of you are here. That's an example of how to use a live chat. We are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. If you're watching us live, then we encourage you on whatever platform you're watching to write in now. And that way you can be a part of the conversation with me and with others and we get there together. You know what I like to say, si se puede, we hold hands, we get there together. Okay, so feel free to write in si our fabulous table and show you some of the other ways that you can connect with us, some of the other platforms that we are on. 
We uh, are live on many platforms, but then we podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts for free, we are likely there. If you find that we aren't, please let us know. Because, oh, Alicia, I want to know how things went. Um, but uh, you can see all the different places that you can watch us, Spotify, so on and so forth. If you're taking us on the road and listening, you can download us as a podcast. And, uh, but if you want to watch the full video, because, you know, we, we try to make it visually stimulating for you, too. Uh, if you want to watch those, then you really got to check us out on YouTube. That's where all of our videos reside. And as always, you know, we've been doing this now. We're, we're into our 13th year. I just don't even know what to say about that. But um, there's 12 full years of videos that are available on our websites for you to catch up on the things that we've been doing. But if there's something that we haven't covered or we haven't covered it recently, we love to hear from you. If all else fails and you don't want to talk publicly because, uh, by the way, don't forget to subscribe, as Traven reminds me on the screen, on YouTube or like us on Facebook or review us on iTunes. That's how we get uh, other viewers. You see that we do not spend a grunch on advertising. We just, we don't even spend a small grunch on advertising. So please help us out. If there's something you find here, share it with other people. But I was saying, if there's a, a topic that you want us to cover, obviously you can write in to tomorrow's show and ask Dr. Doreen any questions that you want. But if there's a topic that you want us to cover or a guest that you'd like for us to have on the show, all you need to do is reach out in any of the ways that we shared or email me directly. My email is shannon at autism-live.com. So it's shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, at autism. Fairly certain that you guys know how to spell that. And then it's a hyphen, which is that dash, the one in the middle, right? And then L-I-V as in Victor, E.com, that's how you get a hold of me directly. I always say to everyone, if, if I don't get back to you within a couple of hours, I encourage you to email me again in a couple of days. It's not that I didn't care or I wasn't listening. Sometimes I open an email by accident during a live show and then I can't find it later on. Or I just get crushed with 100 emails in five seconds and I can't, I, I thought I got to everything. So don't assume anything other than I'm not good at email and email me again. Be persistent, right? That's the key um, to getting through to me. But people are often surprised that I will e email them back within an hour because I like to not be behind in my email. Um, so anyway, feel free to email me as often as you need to. People always apologize and say, I'm sure you're busy. I don't mean to bug you. No, 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 no. It's not about that. I, I always say I came into this community not as a choice, but I came in kicking and screaming. But I made a very personal pledge on my bedroom floor and said to the God of my understanding, please help me to know what to do for my child. And I, if you help me to know what to do for him to help him, I will do everything that you tell me to do, and I will turn around and help whoever I can. I try to live that every day. That's very serious and personal to me. So I do want to hear from you. And if I can help by pointing you in a direction, boy, that makes my day because that's me paying down my karmic debt for all of the wonderful things that I have in my life. Hey, Rocket Gibraltar, thrilled that you're here. You're bilingual. You speak French, too. All topics are interesting because I'm a newbie. I welcome you. I, 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 I just want to go to Rocket Gibraltar now. 
uh, because you guys have written in about it so much. It just sounds like the most exotic, romantic place to me. I don't know. I, 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 I wrote a um, – uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Every time I, I write in my free time, and I wrote a pilot for a TV show, and it just it's, – uh, it's a semifinalist in a contest in Bath. How far from Bath is Rock of Gibraltar? Could I hit both in the same trip? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily planning on going to Bath, but it, I love – I mean, Bath, that's Jane Austen, right? You just – I mean, come on. Uh, oh, Autism Journey with Elijah says you are so uh, appreciated so much in the autism community. Well, likewise, girl, you're getting it done over there. That gives me so much hope because I know – at, at some point, this bus is going to have to retire. And I love to see those of you who are younger coming up behind and getting ready to take the place uh, and, and fill in the place already. Uh, Gibraltar is a, uh, to UK is two hours flight. Okay, see, I did not know that. That's quite far. Uh, I'm going to have to plan a separate trip to Gibraltar. Sounds really fun. Okay, uh, but feel free to write in particular topics. So uh, I want to talk today about the summer because this is an ideal time for you to – have you seen that video that the, the guy, he's wearing a kimono and he plays the he, – he plays music on his, I don't know, uh, piano, and he says, get bleep done, get bleep done. Today I'm going to get bleep done. I find that very motivating. Uh, <laughs> but, but I think that it's important if we are parents of people on the spectrum that we love, right, that we, we need to get some stuff done in the summer. And it's not all business. Some of it has to be fun. But, again, I said at the start of the show, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And we're not doing that. That's not an option. And summer is an ideal time to get some bleep done. Good bleep. Good, good fun bleep. So, uh, hi, Helen. So glad that you're here. By the way, I need to give the disclaimer that um, the purpose of this show always of the Autism Live and the Autism Network is to provide information and inspiration. That's what we're here about. That's, that's all that we're trying to do. Please take whatever we have, see what fits into your life. Anything that doesn't fit in your life, toss. Just toss right into the nearest ocean um, because if it doesn't fit your life, this isn't a one-size-fits-all, right? So, but we're trying to be as helpful as we can to as many people. That's our intent, right? No uh, other intent. And by the way, our show is for the entire autism community that starts with the individuals themselves who are on the spectrum because they are the beating heart of our community, but we also include everyone who loves those individuals. We think that's an important component to this community, and we think that together, if we are good, educated allies who are listening, listening, that we can be helpful to the people that we love on the spectrum to help them to get to the progress that is meaningful to them, to have them be able to live where they want to live, love who they want to love, work where they want to work, and feel like they are a valued part of society, because we know they are, but we know we have some work with the rest of society to get them there. Um, so that's, that's what we're about here. Just wanted to make sure that that's clear. But now let's talk about summer, because I've got 11. I know it says 10, but I gave you an extra one because I felt that it was important. Uh, I couldn't just whittle it down to 10. Uh, ways that you can create success in the summer. And it's vital, it's critical that you create success in the summer because, you know, during the rest of the year, you're having to march to 
other people's drums. And sometimes it can feel like in the summer that that all gets ripped or a significant part of it gets ripped away from you. And it could create anxiety in you, which feeds to the loved one that you have on the spectrum. If you think that they're not feeling your anxiety, you need to reevaluate because they 100% are. This myth that people on the spectrum are not empathetic, I'm telling you, it's a lie. I think that they are extra empathetic, and they pick up what we're carrying. So this could be a stressful time where you're like, I have more to do and less support, and so it could, it could make things harder for you, or it could be a time when you are happier, your child is happier, your family is happier, and you're making more progress. I choose the second one. Uh, it's a little bit more work in the beginning, and I know everybody take a breath because that's like, I want it to be less work because it's summer. But I, I, I like the whole Ron Popeil thing about set it and forget it, right? So if we take a little bit of time in these next couple of weeks to do a little bit of planning, I'm telling you, things run easier in the summer. So let's, let's dive in, shall we? And by the way, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through all 11 really fast for those of you who have to be other places and really need to get the 411, and then we're going to go back through the thing, right? That's our new way of doing this. Thanks, Trayvon. Okay, I, I did it again. Okay, so number one is utilizing all the services you get to the max. We already said you're going to lose some services, so take advantage of anything that you get. Fit it into your, you know, Tetris schedule in a way that makes sense for you. But if somebody is offering you some help and support, take it and fit it into the thing. We'll talk more about this in a second. Uh, use a visual schedule. This is one of those things that's going to take a little bit of effort now, but make it your craft project. Make it your Mother's Day craft project or your Father's Day craft project, right? That And, and there are so many visual schedules and every kid's visual schedule looks different because kids, some kids need a, um, a, a picture one like this, but notice that there are text words with it as well, and it has the time. Other kids would need that on a clock. Um, you know, a, a, visual schedules are very different. You can do it on their phone, on your phone, on the wall. They sell these on Pinterest. If you put in, go to Pinterest and put in, or go to Etsy, and put in visual schedule and then pick the one you want. It might be $5 and you're helping somebody who loves to craft, you know, be able to stay feeding their kids. Or do it yourself. But a visual schedule, it's part of the set it and forget it method. And it actually will lower your stress and it will lower your child's stress. If I asked you to go to work every day and said, I don't know what's going to happen, there's no schedule, be prepared for anything, and then five minutes into anything, I come in and go, now we're doing this, and you didn't know, you'd be cranky. Your kids will too. Visual schedule, key. That's why it's number two. Uh, number three, you got to schedule one fun thing a day. Now notice it says one fun thing a day. Because sometimes we're like, we're going to do 13 fun things today. And right around 10, everybody starts crying, right? Because it's too much. Schedule one fun thing a day. And it could be literally anything. It could be going and hosing each other down. <laughs> right? It could be walking around the block. It doesn't have to be money. It could be getting an ice cream cone if that's something that your kid can eat, right? One fun thing a day, sufficient on to the day, one, one fun thing a day. 
Uh, okay, number four, put, pick three skills from the last year to perfect. Now, this could be something that your child was working on in OT. It could be something that they're working on in speech. It could be something that they worked on in school that they just kind of struggled with, didn't get there. So we're going to pick three for the summer, three things. Like it might be handwriting, that you're struggling with handwriting from last year. Or it could be the multiplication tables. Or you're going to pick three things, and you're going to find fun ways to attack those. We'll talk more about this in a second. But here is key. We're going to pick three things that are coming around the bend for next year. As this school year ends, you should be talking to the team saying, what are the things that you see that it might be a problem for the coming year? Like, are we going to start doing money skills? Uh, do we need to know how much the value of a quarter is by the 10th day of school? Because then we start working on it over the summer. If you have a kiddo who's just going to be starting school, then maybe you work on moving from center to center. We'll talk about this, but we're picking three things from last year and th three things from the school year coming up, and we're going to target those with fun. Uh, number six, we are going to get physical every day, and preferably outdoors, but you know, sometimes it rains, sometimes it's too hot, whatever, but we are going to get physical on a regular basis. It helps us to regulate ourselves, and it helps to regulate our kids, for them to self-regulate. We need to do this, and we have a little bit more time, so we're going to do this, but we're going to see how we fold this into all of the fun stuff. Uh, number seven, we're going to go at least one place we've never been every week. This is good for your brain, and it's good for your kiddo's brain because it's going to help us to work on flexibility. So it doesn't have to be like something that you get on a plane and are on a plane for seven hours. It could be going to a different grocery store. But we're going to go one new place every week, and we're going to schedule that. Uh, number eight, we're going to sing, dance, draw, paint, whatever. We're going to find a creative outlet to be able to do on a regular basis um, because that's super important. Uh, number nine, you are going to read to or with your child every night. Everybody take a breath. I know this can sometimes feel like a tourniquet around your neck because like, oh, I got to do it every night. But I think you're going to find that it will end up being the thing that you enjoy most in your life. And it will pay bigger dividends probably than most things in your life. So you're going to do this. We'll talk about this in a second. Uh, number 10, you're going to take pictures and video. And this is not just you. I want to really encourage you for you to take pictures of your child to commemorate whatever it is that you're doing. But then hand a camera that is safe for your child to, to work with to your child and let them take pictures. We'll talk about why this is super duper important. And number 11, you are going to feed your child's passion. If, you're, if your child loves Thomas the Tank, then you're going to find a way to feed that passion this summer. It may not be every day, but it might mean because Thomas the Tank does this touring thing where they go to different cities. They used to before the pandemic. I would think they're doing it again this summer. And they have like a festival that they pull into a town and they do. And if your kid loves Thomas the Tank, you got to go. My kid didn't even love Thomas the Tank, and we would go to it every year because it's a pretty sweet ride. Um, okay, so those are the 11 things. We're going to go back through those. But Melody says, if you wish, I can send you lovely information about Gibraltar and flights. I really want you to come to Gibraltar and give a talk here. Uh, summer, summer in Gibraltar is hot. We have six beaches, monkeys at the top of the rock, a cableway, calves 
uh, caves, excuse me, dolphins, duty-free shopping museums, Gibraltar is very small, uh, is small and very unique. Well, I would love to, I'm, I'm uh, entertaining all speaking um, opportunities right now, so, you know, let, let me know, write to me. Uh, pitch me an idea, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Because uh, I, I love uh, going places and meeting people, and I'm not a good traveler. Let's be honest about that. Getting me on a plane is super fun and interesting, but I do participate in that activity from time to time. Um, so, it you know, I, I'm waiting for when they can beam me places, like on Star Trek, but, you know, uh, that seems to be a little far away. Okay. So uh, let's go back through these now and really tear into these so that I can tell you about why this is so critical and what the key points for them are. So, because we want to create more success in the summer. If, if most of the kids are getting a little bit further behind in the summer, again, not my favorite thing, but it's documentable. There have been studies about this. The kids slide. They call it the summer slide. And teachers are instructed that for the first six to eight weeks of the school year to reintroduce all of the big concepts from the year before to make sure that there's a firm foundation upon which to build what you're going to do. That's for the neurotypical kids. But what it does is it creates a tortoise in the hare opportunity for our kids to catch up. Because we are not going to lose what we had from last year. It's not an option. And we are already going to start to build on the foundation that we've created to really help our kids, like stretching pizza dough, for them to get farther. It is not unusual for us to see kids on the spectrum make tremendous leaps during the summer and to come back in the fall and school go, what happened? But if we are mindful about what kind of success we are trying to create and we are mindful about putting fun side by side with whatever we're doing, we really can maximize success. So first of all, we want to be able to use and utilize any services to the max. So for those of you who have good quality ABA, if you have crap ABA, it's an ideal time for you to be looking to move someplace else. If you are not seeing regular progress and if you are not seeing that your child lights up when he is seeing his behavior technicians, if you are not seeing that your daughter has a better sense of self-esteem, you might have crap ABA. And if you do, shop. Don't stick with crap ABA. Find yourself a better situation. But for those of you who have good ABA where it's like, empowering your kids to be able to do the things that they want to do, but you're regularly saying, you know, we don't get in all of our hours. I'd like you to do me a favor today. I'd like you to call your ABA provider today. If you understand that you are given a prescription for your child that says, you know, let's, let, and, and this is across the board, no matter what age your child is, that this is how insurance has changed ABA that they will say to you, okay, they always winnow it down to the number of hours per week. They'll say, oh, okay, so you have 25 hours per week. But really on the contract, what it does is it says you have this many hours across a six-month time period. And I find that it's very rare indeed that a family has been able to max that out. Very rare. And if you have, you should go and argue that they should write a contract for more hours. But you might find that you have gone this whole spring and you had a contract for 25 hours a week while your child was going to school, but you ended up using 16. 
So those t those hours are not gone. It used to be the way it was set up that those hours were just like they're poof. Week at the end of the month, they're gone. No, 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 my friends. Those hours might still be available. So I want you to do me a favor and call your any of your service providers, whether it is ABA, whether you have speech or OT that you're doing, and say, what are we doing about the hours that we have not used thus far? And when do they expire? And make a plan with them and tell them, I want to be able to utilize these hours. I ask that you do this with things that are working and that are empowering your child. Do not do this with things that are making your child miserable, make them feel like they are less than. Uh, you know, that I don't want you to do that. But services that are working and are good, maximize them. Now, at some point, your school will have a conversation with you about extended school year. And this starts for three-year-olds, right? So don't think to yourself, oh, well, you know, my child's four. That's not going to happen. Uh, the truth is they should be talking to you about ESY, extended school year. Now, um, depending on your school, it might be something that you want to participate in, but ask questions. A lot of times, school tries to get you to do ESY as a way to take care of things that they didn't provide during the year. Like maybe the speech teacher was out and had a baby, and so they didn't give you the full amount of your speech that you were entitled to on the IEP. That's legally actionable. And so what they'll do is they'll say, oh, well, we'll give you extended school year to replace that. You need to be hip to that because what they're doing is trying to give you compensatory education and, you know, make sure that it's actually compensatory. That if it was speech that you were being offered, that it's speech that you're being offered during the summer. But the truth is, is that it's sometimes double dipping because your child might be entitled to ESY on its own which would mean that you would get ESY and then you would get some sort of funding in the form of a check for the, what you missed from your IEP. So don't just willy-nilly agree to do ESY when it's to take the place of what was done during the school year unless you are cognizant of what you're saying yes to and agree with it and that it's good for your child and not just being parked in the class during the summer. There are some great summer programs, um, but you have to ask questions. What is happening in the classroom? What's the ratio? What are you going to be working on? Like, ask all the questions. Because if it isn't useful for your child, don't maximize it. If it is useful, maximize it. When I asked questions about extended school year, and I said, here are the things that we want to be working on this summer. Here are the things that, you know, I feel like we're behind on. Suddenly, there was a swimming program where twice a week my son could go to a pool and his occupational therapist would meet him there and would work on things in the pool with him. Yes! Because uh, I was about to shell out a bunch of money for that at a place where I was going to have to pay. And suddenly, that became his extended school year. That seemed like a service that I wanted to maximize. But if, you know, and sometimes you have a speech pathologist that does great work. In, in our time in gen ed, my son had this one speech path who was amazing. She was so good at making everything fun, and he loved her, and we made more progress with her doing articulation than we did all the other time. But she didn't work during the summer. And the people that they did have working during the summer were boring and wanted to run drills, and he hated it. Don't maximize services that don't help your child and make your child miserable and aren't fun. But do maximize things that are creating progress. I see a lot of times that parents will do 
like all these things and and then they will forget that like there was a possibility that they could have asked for more for what was working so whatever is working right now with your child call them up today or show up at their office and go can I get more during the summer do I have funding available for more ask for more uh, I love uh, Melody says that uh, Gibraltar education is free you know what it is here in the states too we have you get a free appropriate public education but it's the appropriate part that everybody has to argue about so parents have to go in and argue um, okay uh, I, I think I lost something Okay, uh, right, but ESY, uh, okay, uh, ESY, it says it's not necessarily available, including the history of progress, recruitment, and regression information from team members, including the parents, and the consideration of the critical learning skills indicate ESY is not necessary. Can I fight that in an IEP meeting today? Yes. Here's what they're going to say to you. There's an algorithm that school has that says if it's expected that your child will lose more than 20%, of what they learned during the school year, then they have to provide them with ESY. But here's what I want to say to you is, what are they doing during the ES? Before you go in and fight for ESY, ask yourself, what are they going to do there? Because sometimes you get all girded up and you go in and fight for ESY and it's crap ESY and you didn't want it to begin with. So I would ask what, what I would ask around and say, what do they actually do during that time? Or I would think to yourself, what is it that you really want to accomplish this summer? What did you see that didn't happen or was on your IEP last year that didn't? Because if, if there was anything on his IEP that they didn't fulfill, I'm talking about 15 minutes of speech that they didn't manage to fulfill, I would be asking for that in compensatory education. Not as extended school year, but I would be asking for it to happen during the summer. And they'll, oh my gosh, the excuses that they will give you, oh, well, that person doesn't work. Well, fine, get another person or pay for me to go someplace else, right? Um, but make sure that you're fighting for something that's actually good, and a lot of times it's not. Now, I have taught extended school year. I have been the teacher extending. So there are, and I believe that I taught it well. Uh, but I, it, it's, it's not equal and even, right? Uh, and you want it to be a useful use of your child's time. But, um, but yes, you absolutely can go in and fight that and ask them how they are determining that they feel that your child is not going to backslide 20%. Do they have data? What does their data suggest? Because uh, I doubt that they have the data that shows that, because how would they have that data? Um, so Traven is talking to me right now in my ear. That's why I've gone completely silent. Uh, he says that we, something has dropped and, and we, you might have lost us for a couple of minutes. Do I need to go back, Traven? Okay, so we're going to continue on, um, but hopefully you guys will tell me if I'm talking about something that you don't know. Uh, okay, so, uh, okay, Melody says we're lacking speech and language therapists. That's, and that's hard, but if you have good ABA, the truth is, depending on what the needs are of the child, you can learn. I'm not saying, I don't want to say this, because I am not a speech and language pathologist. I'm not, and I've not done all the study. But it, you can learn quickly what, for specific things, what a speech and language pathologist, if you have somebody who says, here's what you need to work on, 
you can work on that easily. You can train yourself, and there's videos that can train you to do that. Um, as long as you have somebody who says, here is the next thing that you want to work on. If you don't have that, there are some things that will help you to be able to do that um, that are available. Um, uh, but I would encourage you to find a speech path just to say, here's what I would work on. That would be the best course of action. Uh, okay, so we're going to maximize all the services that are good and helpful and enjoyable and are leading to real progress. Maximize them. And, and you may think that you only have 15 hours or 5 hours or 2 hours a week, but you might have some left over from other things. So maximize it. Use it all up. You should never leave anything on the table that's good and helpful. Okay, then we're going to make that visual schedule. There's so many different ways to do this. As I said, you can do it on the phone. You can do it on the wall. One of my favorite things that I learned how to do is to go buy at the 99 cent store a roll of uh, wrapping paper and that I don't care what it says on it because I'm going to use the back side of it. And I would take that and get some 3M sticker stuff that, you know, so it doesn't harm your wall. And I would make a big thing on the wall. And we would draw different things. There were other times that I did it with uh, laminated sheets and with Velcro. So later, because I made it that it would be choice, I would make little stickers that would say swimming, uh, computer time, uh, handwriting, like all the different things that we had during the day. But they all had like little Velcro stickies on the back. And so I, we would get up in the morning and I would go, okay, what are we going to do first? And he would put the breakfast one in there. And then I'd say, what do we want to do next? And he would get to choose which things he wanted to do in which order. I would put the things that were available on the table and say, what do you want to do during what time? Or I might say, but we have this appointment at 2 o'clock, so this one is going to go there because we have an appointment, but you get to fill in everything. That was when he was a little bit older. This is so helpful. This is that set it and forget it thing because, first of all, this is what they have at school. And so whether your child is preschool uh, or in school, their day is structured. And so often you guys will write me and say, I don't understand. My child seems to be able to hold it together really well at school, but he comes home, she comes home, and they fall apart. Well, part of that is that they need some structure. That, you know, if you think about it, if I send you off to work today, I, I love days where we do a show because my morning is structured. I know that I'm going to come in, we're going to do certain things, we're going to do a show, and then I know that there's a routine after the show, and now we're into the afternoon. I also love days that I, we come in and where I can get other work done during the morning, but if I don't have a plan to do work, I come in and I feel like an utterless, you know, rowboat. Right? We all need to have structure enough to our day to know what it is that we want to do. Except for those rare occasions when we say, today I'm going to have no structure, right? But I'm asking you, you tell me, because I know for me, if I have tons of unstructured days, I fall apart. I fall apart. I don't know what to do. The simplest things like brushing my teeth, I don't know what time may happen, right? And our kids are this way too. They need a certain amount of structure to feel safe. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't change the schedule. Part of what you want to teach our children is, okay, so it says that at 7 o'clock, this is what we're going to do, and at 8 o'clock, this is what we're going to do. But sometimes things happen, and then we get to make a choice. All right, do we want to flip these two, or do we want to take this and save it for another day? Now, that's teaching flexibility. 
I don't want you to make a visual schedule and have it be your be-all, end-all. It needs to be your safety net. That if, you know, that we look and go, oh, what are we supposed to be doing right now? And then, you know, we go, oh, okay, so we're supposed to have lunch now. Let's go do lunch. But if you say, I'm not hungry for lunch, then you can go, oh, let's move that to one. This is a great life skill to be teaching your child. The flexibility, having a structure, and following it loosely. So having a visual schedule, and I know, I don't know why, but as parents, we all try to chimp out on it. We're like, oh, I'll just say it to them and see how that works for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, there will be anxiety before 11 o'clock. What are we supposed to be doing right now? I don't know what I'm doing. When are we going to be done with this? Just make yourself a visual schedule. Here's what I'd like to challenge you to do. Just do it. Like, humor me and make a visual schedule that you can sort of customize or order one on Etsy or from Pinterest and use it for a week and tell me if you don't see that your anxiety and your child's anxiety is less. I, you know, and in a week you can come back and say, Shannon, you're out of your mind. But I know you won't. I've done this challenge before. Everybody goes, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea how much easier it was if it was set up. So let's do that. Uh, uh, Autism Journey with Elijah says, oh gosh, it becomes a circus in our home if the schedule is broken. I'm, I'm not saying break it. I'm saying make a conscious decision and, and even vote and say, are, are we going to choose right now not to break it, but to move something from here to here? And there are consequences to that, right? But yes. But if you don't have a schedule, I'm sure that it's chaos too. Uh, Brian says structure. I get it. ASD kids uh, and I still on learning curve with this one. We all are, Brian. We, I don't know what it is. I am resistant to this. When we started off in the pandemic, um, the truth is, is like the whole schedule went out the window, right? And we very gradually set it, settled into a new schedule. Uh, but we were in the middle of the school year, and my son kind of had a schedule with his day, and I kind of had a schedule with my work day. Then we got into the summer, and we thought that first summer we thought it was all going to be over, but it wasn't, and I didn't make a visual schedule. And we got about two weeks in, and we were all a mess. And, you know, my son was a junior in high school with no supports, and I, and I was like, oh, we still need a schedule. We still need a schedule, and I, and my husband needed a schedule. I needed a schedule because our days were kind of like this mush, right? So we made a schedule, and suddenly everybody was happier because you know what also happens when you make a schedule is that you make a decision of what to prioritize. Automatically, you've made a decision to say, oh, well, I'm going to schedule some of the things that we're talking about later on. Like, I'm going to schedule physical time. And when you schedule it, it actually happens, and it makes you happier. So uh, it's important, uh, and as much as we go, oh, I really don't want to do it, um, take a minute um, and make the visual schedule. And make it customizable or buy one that's customizable, and you will, you will reap the benefits, my friends. Uh, but don't let it drive you. You drive it. Okay, number three. You're going to schedule on that, on that visual schedule. There's going to be one fun thing a day. And this is one of those positive assumptive questions that they tell you to ask. So in the morning, you wake up, and you, 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 know, it, you don't have to schedule it days in advance. But if you think to yourself, ask yourself the question. Because our brains are computers, and they always answer yes. So ask yourself a positive question. What could we do today that would be so much fun 
that I would, I would really enjoy it or that my child would really enjoy it? What's one fun thing that I could do today? And then let your brain answer the question. It will say yes, that there is something fun that you can do. And, you know, you can also ask your child this. What, if they're older and they are good at making choices, our younger kids don't know how to make choices, right? We need to help them to learn how to make choices. But this is a way that we can do it. Your brain might think of two fun things. Like it might think, uh, you know, oh, we could fill up the kiddie pool and stick our feet in it. And that would be fun. Or we could uh, make mud pies, right? And maybe you could do both of those, right? But uh, because it's all in the kiddie pool. But you could say to your child, you could draw a picture and say, we could fill up the kiddie pool today or we can make mud pies. And let them choose which one that they want to do. But I will tell you something. The days fly by. And you're not going to remember everything that happens in these days. As much as you think that you will, you won't. You're not going to remember every single challenge that you have met this summer with your child. Your brain can't ha hold on to that much information. But I'll tell you what you will remember and what your child will remember, the one fun thing you did every day. And they may only remember a snippet of it. You may only remember a but I'm telling you, that is what your brain is going to hold on to in the future. And you are on a timeline moving along with your child, and your child is going to get older and older and older, and the challenges are going to change. You want them to be able to look back and remember these nurturing, happy moments, not that they made progress. That is not what their brain is going to hold on to. So I've told people before that we used to do a thing in our house that when the therapy was over, and we called it therapy back then, when the last behavior technician left our house, um, it was a very hard tr transition for me. I would be trying to, you know, leave what I had been working on aside. My son was like, you know, I don't really, my day has been very structured, and I don't know how to move into now just playing. It's like you have to make a transition, right? My husband would be coming home from work, and we would all be a little like, ah, I'm stuck in two worlds here. So we would put on, uh, we, we had a, a cassette player. This is how old this was. We had a cassette player and that had a, D, uh, a CD player in it too, and we would play one song. This is before everybody had all the echoes and the things, and you could, you know, ask people to play music for you, and it would just appear, right? But we would play one song, and we would dance it out in our living room, all the three of us. And it's so funny to me, that would be like two minutes and 40 seconds, and yet it is the thing that I remember the most from all of the times. And I can go back and remember all the strife and all these things, but that is what I remember. And my son remembers it too. So, And, of course, my husband does too. So one fun thing a day. And you can ask yourself, what would I like the one fun thing? And, and if you don't know in the morning, that's okay. But if you get stuck in the middle of the day and it's 4 o'clock and everybody's a little discombobulated, we go, oh, we didn't do our one fun thing today. What one fun thing should we do? And, and have it be something fun. Uh, you know, we would be out and shopping, and sometimes we would find something, and we'd go, oh, this could be good for a one fun thing later on. Like one time we were at a dollar store, and we found a bunch of silly string for a dollar. We were like, oh, that's something for the one fun thing. Uh, so you can have a bin that's just for one fun things. Uh, you know, we also had the, the crayons that you could get in the bathtub, and you could draw all over. And sometimes we would do it not in a bath. We would just both get in and make murals, right? One fun thing. It doesn't have to cost money. It, you don't have to go anywhere, but one fun thing. We were, um, 
we like Ike's Love and Sandwiches. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. If, if you were in California, go to one. But they have sandwiches named after people. And they had a picture of Pee Wee Herman. And I said, what has he got all over his head? Uh, it looked like he had like a brace around his head. And my husband said, no, no, that's from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where he takes the cellophane tape and he tapes his face and all these different. And I, I was like, oh, one fun thing. A roll of tape can be very fun, right? Get Don't be afraid to get silly but have one fun thing a day. For us in the summer, this was often going, we had a, uh, an HOA pool at our condo, and you know, going to the pool, whew, that was our one fun thing. Everybody looked forward to it. After dinner, a half hour after dinner, it's, oh, it's pool time, right? And it took all the stress of the day away. Love, love, love uh, one fun thing a day. Schedule it, but it, you don't have to schedule it until the day of. Okay, important, though, for everybody's memory and mental well-being. Okay, now we're going to get into the picking three skills. The first one is pick three skills from last year to perfect. If there was something that your child struggled with, now is a lot of times the reason why your child struggled with it is because we didn't have the time to get after it in a fun way. Like sometimes at school they're like, well, they just need to have that skill, and we just need to drill it. I'm not a fan of that, right? Um but whatever it is, let's take it, let's take it outside the context. Let's say that your child was supposed to learn the value of money and they just struggled with it. We got just enough so that they could pass and get on to the next grade, but they don't really have the concept and you know it. Well, now it's time to work on it in a fun way. So you, you know, can go to the dollar store and buy, I'm really touting the dollar store today, aren't I? It's not a dollar anymore. It's $1.25 now, but still. Uh, or we used to love to go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and buy just the Happy Meal toy. Did you know you can just purchase the toy? You don't have to get the meal? You can. And we would get, anytime my husband was, you know, getting a drink or anything, we would get one of those and we would stash them um, so that we could do something like this where we would, you know, make little cards and play like basically the price is right. And, and say, okay, you know, first you have to put your marble down the marble run, and then it's, if it gets all the way to the bottom, then you get 25 cents, and now you can spend it at the store and pick which one of these toys that you want to purchase for 25 cents, and then they learn the money because suddenly it matters to them because they want to purchase the toy. And they, and they see, oh, the little sign says, oh, I have to have 35 cents. Oh, well, that means i got to have one of these quarters, which is 25, plus this dime, which is 10, and... You know, you learn, so you're going to take whatever the skill was that's kind of iffy from last year that you're like, eh, I don't know that we really had it, and you're going to really figure out how can I make that more fun than anybody can shake a stick at. A lot of times for our son when he was younger, he really, really struggled with handwriting until we discovered that he had an eye-focusing problem that was making that hard. But so we would work on not, we sometimes we work on hand. Uh, uh, writing, but we would work on eye pen grasp and eye coordination. So we would do drawing exercises from Betty Edwards' Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. What a great book! Um, at, where sometimes you take a picture and you turn it upside down and you have your child draw it upside down. For whatever reason, it tricks your brain and they really super love it. And then they love turning it around and going, uh. Uh, for younger kids, we, we got the coloring books, and we would get a piece of fabric and put a p tear a piece out of the coloring book and put it on the um, carpet, and you have the little push pins, and they would have to push 
all around the outside of the thing. You're working on the, the finger grasp, right? And then you take it and you uh, put it on top of a lamp so and turn all the lights out so that they can see their design shining through. It's a big reward. So pick three skills from last year, and if you need help figuring that out, have a meeting with the teacher before the end of the year and say, what do you think they need shored up from this year? Everybody should be doing this anyway because whatever the teacher says, that's what they should be working on in the ESY. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, for the question about ESY too, if there's any of their goals that they haven't met, they should be giving them ESY. I don't know why they're so stingy with the ESY anymore. Uh, makes me crazy. They will capitulate if you bug them and say you want ESY. But I will tell you part of why they turn it down is if your child has an aid, they don't want to pay for an aid in ESY. And don't let them get away with that. That What they'll do is go, oh, we have this great program, and we don't do AIDS during the summer because we have an extra teacher for 12 kids. No. If they have a one-on-one -on -one aid in their IEP, then they have it during ESY. Boom. And don't sign anything because uh, they'll try to get you to sign a thing saying that you agreed to not having it. Uh, okay. The morning always with the same narrative, even before his eyes are open. Uh, pee time, get dressed, food, teeth, jacket, shoes. We must be out the door by 8.15. It works. I will add a visual version. I'm listening intently. Valuable words, Shannon. Yeah. Um, I love that. You know, if you, uh, a lot of times people find with the morning ritual, it's a lot. I'm a 60-year-old woman, and it's a lot for me to get out the door. Um, and sometimes I feel like I need a little checklist, like, did I do this today? And I give myself little helps the night before. I will pack things into my purse and into my bag or move things in the refrigerator so that I hopefully remember, and sometimes I forget them. You know what I'm saying? And so a visual schedule of, you know, this is the order in which these things are, I'll tell you, it helps them to organize their thoughts, and it also helps you so that you don't have to nag. You can go check the schedule. Do you have all those things? Go down the, the thing, and then they – I don't know about you, but I hate to have people yakking at me in the morning while I'm trying to think it through. It helps them to get their own uh, selves together and, and not be interrupted by somebody else's process. Believe me, a lot of times they really love the visual schedule. Uh, okay, so then the other flip of this three skills thing is, so you're picking three skills from last year that you're going to really hone in on and get fun, but now we're going to pick three skills from next year to get ahead. This is that tortoise in the hare thing because um, I'll tell you something. When our kids, the, a new concept gets introduced during the school year, and if our kids haven't ever had anything to do with it before, they're a little bit behind, right? Because it's going to take them a little bit longer than the other kids. So they need a little bit of a, a jump start. So if you know, for instance, that next year is the year where they're going to work on the multiplication tables, do not wait for the school year to start. Get all up into that, go on Pinterest, and find what are the most fun ways to learn the multiplication tables. Uh, you know, look that up on Pinterest. And I'm telling you, there's a teacher who's got a packet for $10 that's more fun and a game and, you know, than, than you could ever imagine, right? So know what it is. I used to, I, I, I hope it's not too late, but it might be, this is the time of year where they have the end of the school year thing where you get to go and see your child's classroom and this whole classroom is decorated with all the art projects that they did during the year, blah, 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 whatever. I go to those religiously and I thank the teacher 
and I look at my child's artwork and I squeeze him and, you know, all of those things, but then I duck out as early as I possibly can to go into the classrooms of all the teachers that are teaching the next year. And I'm asking them all kinds of things like, what do you work on? Do you know my child? Have you heard of my child? What are the big concepts during this year? You can look it up online, but it's better to get it directly from the horse's mouth, right? What are the big things? Um, and I remember one year when he was about to go into high school that they were like, oh, well, the big thing that we read this year is, um, uh, what's the, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I can't even think of what the, what the name of that book is. What, Tale of Two Cities, thank you. Um, uh, we're going to read Tale of Two Cities, and, and, and it's this thing because we're studying France and we're studying England, and, and, and we do Tale of Two Cities, and it's this big, big thing. So you know what we did that summer? We listened to a book on tape, Tale of Two Cities. So he'd already heard the whole thing read to him by these wonderful stars before he went into the class the first time. So he's a step ahead. So you pick three things for next year's school, Whatever age, this applies to absolutely every age. If they're, as I said earlier, if they're a kindergartner and you know that they're going to have to be changing um, stations, uh, the, the kindergarten where my son went to, every 20 minutes, the, the teacher would ding this little bell, and that would mean that they put away their work at that station and they moved to the next station. Well, we knew this going in, so that whole summer, we played stations in our house. And we got exactly the same bell that she had because we asked questions. And we would go exactly 20 minutes. And the first couple of times he was like, no, I wanted to keep doing this. And we would reward him heavily for going to the next station. So on the first day when it was time to go to stations, he did it like a champ because he already knew how to do it. So we're front lo And we had made it fun, right? So we're going to front load them with whatever three skills that they need for next year's. It could be an academic skill. It could be, you know, uh, uh, like if they have to cross the street to be able to get to the school and with a crossing guard, we would take that and work on it all summer. But we'd make it fun, right? We would cross the street to get to the pool or to the zoo or whatever. Um, okay, so super duper important because that's how you're going to jumpstart them for next year. And then we're going to get physical activity, and you're going to put that somewhere on the schedule. Now, I'm a big fan of swimming in the summer because we know that for many kids on the spectrum, water is either very reinforcing or very terrifying. And we don't want to terrify anybody, but we need to make sure that they all know how to swim. So, and water is pressure. Um, which can be very good for our kids. It's very soothing once we get kids not being afraid of it, right? So I'm a big fan of swimming, and plus it just wears them out. And they don't, they don't realize how much they're moving, and kids sleep better when they've been swimming. But it's not for everybody, and everybody doesn't have access to it. But we can all walk. Whether we live in a city or we live in the country, we can all walk. We can go on nature walks. We can collect things. We can talk about them, right? So it's not about, um, you know, just running them. It's about making it fun and getting them used to being physical. Super duper important. Don't be afraid if in the beginning they don't want to, right? It's, it's hard to get physical when you haven't been physical. 
uh, and they might have fears. Sometimes they're outside and sensory. It feels like they're falling to the sky, right? But get them outdoors on a regular basis. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for them. Schedule it, that there is a physical activity every day, um, even if you have to be indoors because it's raining. Okay. Number seven, at least once a week, you are going to go someplace that you've never been before. Look, we all get comfortable, all of us. And I know most parents of kids on the spectrum are people who are struggling with large anxiety. Not little anxiety, large anxiety. And sometimes we, we get stuck in a pattern because we're afraid that our child is going to be set off. If you went to a different store once and your child had a tantrum, you're not crazy for not wanting to go to different stores and for saying, I'm just going to go to this store. But here's the problem with that. Then your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and your child world gets smaller and smaller, and they become even more resistant to trying new things. So we want to create an adventurous mindset where, uh, and it doesn't have to be every day of every week, but it's just once a week that you have to schedule something different. Now, can you double dip and, and do, you know, things that are really cool and exciting? Like, I loved taking my son to museums. And, um, and, I, and usually there's at least one time a month when museums are free. And I loved making a schedule of all of those things. And I, the one summer, I did the Thursdays with Jem thing, and I sent out a flyer to every kid in his class and said, here's the schedule of what we're doing. And once a week, we had scheduled to go to a different museum or a different beach or something and said, we will be at this place at this time on this day. Join us if you would like to. And it's funny because I thought, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. No one will show up or everyone will show up to one thing. <coughs> it worked out great. So, you know, we would arrive at the museum and it'd be like, oh, there's some friends of ours. And it was a couple of people and it would be a play date and it was no fuss, no muss. I wasn't having to coordinate everything. They had the schedule on the last day of school and knew that we were going to be those places and it was set it and forget it, right? But you can do this without doing museums. You can do some, go someplace new every week. You just go to a different grocery store. It might be the same brand of grocery store, but it has a different layout. It's good for your brain to have to look for, oh, well, in the other store they put it here, but where do they put it here? But guess what? That's really good for your kiddo. Otherwise, they don't learn to generalize. If all they ever know is I go into this grocery store and my cereal is in this aisle and it's at this level, then they will have anxiety when they go to a store and it's not there. And what we're trying to teach them is it's all fun. It's an adventure. Sometimes it being different means we're going to go on a hunt and we're going to find your Cocoa Puffs and it's in a different place in this store. Are you ready? Can we look for it? Make it fun. And it will help them to create new pathways in their brain so that they can handle when things don't go as planned. And they will know that they are going to be okay. Super important for flexibility. But it's good for you, too. Um, okay. So um, then, number eight, sing, dance, draw, paint. I think that it's really important to have a creative outlet. And as part of your one fun thing a day or going someplace different, every once in a while, make sure that it has something to do with this. We have that karaoke channel on our cable TV. And I, I have to be honest, it's more for me than for anybody else because 
I love to sing at the top of my lungs, and it, you know what it does? It stimulates, what is it, the vagus nerve in your neck? They've proven with studies that cancer patients have less stress if they sing every day. Well, okay, that's cancer patients. What do you think that does for our kids? Let's sing with our kids. Let's dance, as I said earlier. Give them an opportunity to draw or paint. It doesn't have to be, you know, and I know sometimes people go, well, I don't have art supplies. Okay, first of all, go dollar store. It is the dollar store show, right? And you can get things very cheaply in the dollar store. But you don't even need to have these things. Uh, we used to uh, have um, paper and uh, do make pudding and have the kids make designs with pudding on the paper. You can do all kinds of things. You can go out and make mud um, and make a design with mud, right? There, there are all kinds of things that are available to do, but it's important to create this outlet. And sometimes when you give this outlet to your kids, you'll see that their stress goes down, they're more amenable to learning, they better self-regulate, and sometimes they find their passion. We see that for young people on the spectrum, the percentage of how many of them end up being artists and artisans is much higher than the typical population. So don't be afraid to let them go there. Uh, it, it might turn out to be their thing, and you wouldn't want to miss out on that, right? And do it with them and enjoy it. it. It's really, you know, if you think about places where people have reached maximum stress and they set up spas or even, you know, uh, facilities where they're helping people to recover from a mental breakdown, what are the kinds of things they have them doing? Singing, drawing, dancing, and painting. You know why? Because it's good for your stress level. And it's a good outlet for when things are ailing you. We all need an outlet. Okay, number nine, read to or with your child every single night. You know, reading, you know, remember that old campaign, reading is fundamental, because it is. It's the ba building block to so many different things. If your child can read and understand text, it's going to save their life more times than you can shake a stick at, right? And it means they can learn anything. Because if they're interested in learning how to <coughs> bake, <coughs> excuse me, then they can read uh, a recipe online or in a book, right? If they want to learn how to weld, they can read a book about how to do it. And, and obviously they can watch a video too, but being able to read sets your imagination free and gives you the ability to do all kinds of things. So I think that reading with your child is an ideal time for you to connect with your child, uh, to create new pathways in their brain, and to give them the world. But there's something else here too, that there is a social component to it when you're reading with someone. And Listen, I think that social skills are really important because when people don't have social skills, it's like they're someplace where they don't understand what the rules are. And that's stressful. But when you can read with someone else, it creates a social bond that helps people to be able to navigate when things aren't going well. And I truly, truly believe that. So, because not only are you reading and taking information in from this two-dimensional thing, and I do recommend reading from a book, not an iPad, although, you know, if, if what you need to do is start on an iPad because it's interactive in that way, do it. But eventually get to books. I do think that there's something different, a different pathway created in the brain. I haven't done the research on it, but I believe it wholeheartedly. But here's the other piece. 
being able to be read to and take on information is going to be critical if your child's going to go to high school and college because people still, you know, I mean, I'm doing it right now. It's like a lecture, right? I'm speaking, and we have some graphics for you, but you're having to take the information in by listening to it. It's a skill. And our kids struggle with this. They struggle with decoding words, and they need lots more practice. So being read to is critical for them. And one of the best ways for somebody to learn how to read is to read aloud. It will help them in all areas of public speaking. <clears throat> I remember being in college, and obviously I, I was studying theater and went on to be a college professor teaching theater. I also taught English and other things, too, um, in junior high and high school. But um, theater was my thing, you know? And one of my professors said, the single best skill you can give yourself is to read aloud for 20 minutes every day. You'll be a better speaker. You'll have more confidence when you're forced to speak and to do things. And it's just, it's just a skill that gets built up over time. And I took that very seriously, and I saw that it changed things for me, confidence-wise. And, and then I did that with my son, and my son gets up and speaks in front of people, and I'm in awe of, of how he does that. But I really believe that part of how we got there was that we read together every night, and we really did that until the point when he was like, stop it, I want to read on my own. <laughs> you know, and he was maybe, you know, like 15, 16 years old. So I really, really wholeheartedly encourage that. Okay, number 10, because we're over, is take pictures and photos and video because you want to remember and you want to document this. That's one reason, and I think that that's important, right? But I also think it's critical for you to help your child to understand about photos and videos. Here's why. We have been checking in with a lot of the people who um, Dr. Doreen worked with over the years, and we're hearing back from a lot of people that one of the things that helps them in the adult world socially is taking pictures and videos. There, um, one mom was telling us the story, and then we talked to her son about it, about how they went to Europe to visit Europe, and she said it was kind of driving her crazy because he was videotaping everything, and she kept saying to him, but you're missing it. You're missing the experience. Put the camera down, everyone. I love that you're videotaping, but put the camera down every once in a while. And, and actually experience it. And, and he said to her, you're not understanding. This is the way that I'm experiencing it. And that every night they would go back to the hotel and he would re-watch the video and he could see all these things that he would have missed because there was too much sensory information. So, and we've been talking to young adults on the spectrum and seeing that this is a way that they make sense of their world. So it is never too young. If you have a, a camera that's old that you don't particularly care about or they make, we had one in our toy guide this year, great camera to give a kid, right, um, that's kind of indestructible. Um, get, put the camera in their hands and then look at what they take pictures of. Look at what they videotape. Talk about it with them. Have a conversation with them or point things out to them, language it to them wherever they are in terms of their language. Um, but it's important. I, I really feel that it's a really important thing today uh, to be doing. Uh, 
one day he broke out reading a t an entire online recipe for my wife. He was giving us instructions and measuring. Well, you know, that's the other thing with the videotaping is that because they're so into YouTube, have them make an instructional video. Uh, that was one of the first things that I did with my son. We used to make this pink lemonade that had no sugar in it, and we would make it pink with beet juice. <laughs> Now I think about it. And if you're somebody who has sugar, it doesn't taste all that great. But if you're not having sugar, it's great. Um, but we would squeeze the lemons and whatever, and he, was, and he was adamant about making a video. And it was the first video that we did ever. I think it's somewhere online uh, where he's just little, 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 and he you know, doesn't have a whole lot of words, but he gained words because he wanted to make those kinds of videos. So uh, make it fun, do if that's the thing, because here we are, feed your child's passion. And if your child loves to watch videos on YouTube, make a YouTube video. If your child loves Thomas the Tank, find Thomas the Tank things to go to. If your child loves Legos, go to a Lego store. Feed the passion and try to make it go like this. So if they love Legos, great. Take it to the next level. They have motorized Legos or Legos that light up. There's even a Lego robot. And, and for kids, young kids, they have Lego robot camp where they go and they have to build bots, right? Feed your child's passion. I did this a little. I didn't do it enough. When my son was 10, he said to me, I have an idea I want to make a movie, and it's a Halloween movie, and he had it all planned in his head, and I poo-pooed it, and now I kick myself on a regular basis. I wish we just made the movie, um, and I'd just been, you know, his assistant director. Why did I not do that? Don't be full of regret like me. Feed their passion. If they're super into something, find the way that you can take that and make it bigger. If what they like to do is throw pine cones against the wall, then get some canvases or make some canvases and dip the pine cones in paint and have them throw it on the wall and make a splatter and make paintings. You know, find, like, get creative and say to yourself, okay, how do I feed this? What is this passion? What do I do with this? And, and I think this is where parents, get, like, really deserve awards because over the years, the things that parents have done once somebody has said to them, feed that passion. Because I know there's a bunch of people going, oh, they're so celebrating on that. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> there's a time and a place for that, not here. It's summer. If they're into something, let's make it bigger. Let's go all in, but let's try to make it not just that thing, but something that much bigger. If they love Thomas the Tank, go to a train museum. They're the great one here in Los Angeles that's the big old, you get to scamper all over them, the big old engines, the steam engines. It's amazing. It's free, right? But find the thing where you are that takes it to the next level, whatever the thing is that they're super duper passionate about. If you truly are saying to me, I don't know what they're passionate about yet, then take them to a bunch of things this summer, like museums, to see most museums have a, a, at least a portion, even the Getty has a room where you get to go in and try to draw some of the things. They have an experiential part of the museum. Get your kiddo in there and see what they're drawn to. And then that's the beginning of their passion. Uh, but make it fun for sure. Absolutely, Brian. Make it, make it fun. I love that he wanted to do the recipe. 
now, what I don't know is, does he really want to cook? Does he really want to teach? Or does he really want to make videos? Or is it all of them? And you can feed all of those passions. I now want to see a video that he makes teaching me how to bake something. Right? Why not? It's summer. Let's enjoy our summer with our kiddos. Make it fun, make it fun, make it fun. All right, we've gone way over. I just love you so much, and I'm so proud of all of you for the things that you are doing. Plan this summer out. Make it super fun and make some success and some progress, right? We're here tomorrow with, uh, oh, happy Teacher Appreciation Week. I didn't realize. That's how far out of things are. Uh, um, And thank you so much. Yeah, once a teacher, always a teacher. I love, 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 love to teach. But um, tomorrow, Dr. Grampiche, we're told that she is here in person. So you're not going to want to miss that. Send us in questions. You can email me now if you have a specific question, or you can write them in tomorrow. But I'm sending all of you a hug. Get that summer plan so that you can set it and forget it and, and just have oods and scats of fun and make good memories. All right. I will see you tomorrow. Until then, oh, don't forget, we have a new app. And you guys, I downloaded it the other day, and it's pretty sweet. You can download it if you have an Apple device, and it um, – it's Autism Live, and it's like the first thing that comes up, and it has our logo and everything, and then you have all the videos, and it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, so you can catch up uh, anywhere that you are with our stuff on your phone. And we're working on getting it in the Android store. There's just a, an issue, but we're getting tr- – we're not. Traven is working on that. <laughs> Take credit. Traven is working hard on that. So we should – we'll give you an update on that soon. Uh, But we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me.